We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee, who was out at OTAs today, or uh, minicamp, I guess, today, Tuesday. So we'll talk about that. But first, of course, the sun is shining. It's hot out, which means it's sunglass time. And you can express your style and build a look that's made just for you with Oakley's. You can get some at Oakley.com. I have the Houston's, HSTN's, the Baxter's, BXTR's. Chris, you and I wore our Baxter's out at the golf course. And I got to tell you, the ball tracking, for me, significantly better. Yeah, especially when you skull it from 170 with an nine iron and it happens to go right in the hole. I wasn't going to bring it up. I was going to wait for the pod. <laughs> but I did that while wearing Oakleys. That's right. I hold out from 170 yards. I'm going to credit the Oakleys because it's not because I'm any good at golf. So whether you run, golf, maybe you train, or maybe you just want to look like your favorite athlete, like Debo Samuel, or your favorite podcasters, that's me and Chris, you can get to your Oakleys right now at oakley.com. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self, an expression of your personality, there's more than meets the eye and listen up because it's officially almost summer. That means you need to upgrade your sunglass game right now. I know there's people listening. They're like, I could get some new sunglasses. This is your chance. Check out ugly.com to get yourself a pair today. If you don't like any of the flashy stylish ones, they have some just really classic looks like the Holbrooks. Those are my go-to. I still wear those. I have the really cool flashy stylish ones when I'm just out and about. I love the Holbrooks. Really good look. And of course, they offer Oakley's Prism technology. That's proprietary technology to Oakley. And it's available for everyday settings as well. You want to know more? And I know you do. Head on over to oakley.com right now. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday sunglasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try for yourself. And also check out the pictures of Chris and I on my Twitter um, because we posted photos in our Oakleys, and I think we look pretty damn cool. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. Mini camp takeaways. Let's dive in. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Got him in a second back inside the 30-yard line. Nick 
Gene Yard was. Quick pass caught by Kittle. He dives and he's in. Touchdown 49ers. All right, Chris. You hooked it down to Santa Clara. You were in the building for mandatory minicamp. How's your life changed since? <laughs> no, you feeling no, better? Really. You feeling good? No, I mean, oh, hold on. Can can we back up a little bit? Has your life changed since mastering golf? A little bit. You know, it's honestly... Okay, hang on. So that was not a... If you skip the read, which you shouldn't, you should go back and listen to it because it's awesome. But I I made a shot from 170 yards out in golf and it's if i'm keeping it a buck fake it wasn't like i'm awesome at golf and i just did a really good shot but it also really set in legitimately in the couple of days after that i'll never do something that cool on the golf course ever again (laughs) so it was number 12 at harding park if you're familiar with harding it's it's i think the hardest tee shot on the course particularly if you play a fade or your ball moves left to right as a right-handed golfer, because Mm -hmm. you kind of have to like, ideally you hit a draw and you have to hit it over this like fence that kind of sticks out from the street. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of a blind tee shot. And so I, I, for the the non-golfer, it's like around a corner. Yeah. You have to basically hit it around a corner to the left and it's a par five and you definitely don't want to be in the rough really anywhere at Harding. So I, I get off the tee box and I'm like, yeah, guys, this is probably the hardest hole in the course, or at least it's, it's the hardest hole in the course for me. And then a few minutes later, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm about, I don't know, 50 yards ahead of you. You're way ahead of where I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was anyway, it doesn't matter. I was, I was, I just hit my third shot into the green or towards the green. I think I missed the green. And then I look back over my shoulder and you're hitting one and I see you skull it. I'm like, okay, well, at least it's it's got some heat on it. It's probably going to roll up. And then it rolls up pretty ag- aggressively. And then, bang, it hits the it hits the pin and goes in. And, like, I was just in disbelief. Like, 170 yards, if you play golf, you know exactly how difficult it is to hole out from 170 yards. I Like you say, you will never do anything that cool on a golf course again. Like, I'll probably never see that on a golf course again. <laughs> but uh, like the, the the chances of seeing yeah so um so it, okay it was, it was awesome and all credit to oakley because look we cannot prove that oakley's are not the reason that you sunk that shot from 170 i've played perhaps 15 rounds of golf in my life i'm just started i don't play much played perhaps 15 rounds of golf in my life this is the first time I wore Oakley's and it's the only time I've ever hold one from 170 yards out. Yeah, if if there's Look, a reason to wear sun, right, if there's a reason to buy Oakley's, if you're a golfer, <laughs> that's probably it. No, the, the real story, because I want to make sure this is clear. I'm not any good at golf, but <laughs> I like going and hanging out with my friends. So I, I like to go have a good time. And I walked to the wrong ball at first. <laughs> And your buddy, Peter, was like, now nah, you're back there. <laughs> so I walked to my ball and I had brought my nine iron because that was about the right club for the distance I it, thought I was. It was cart path only. You weren't trying to go right. back was, and forth from the fairway to the cart path. Yeah, A long way away. Right. And so I literally said out loud to Peter, I need more club than this. <laughs> and then 
again, I'm not any good. So I go, okay, I'm just going to hit a nine iron, try and get it closer and give myself an easier chip and, and try and get up and down. And then I skull it. <laughs> and I saw it at a good line. And I thought it was just, I thought it was going to blaze past. If you didn't hit the flag stick, there's a good chance you're like 10 yards off the back of the green. Right. It and like then, hit it solid and yeah. then just stuck right in the hole. You and Nick both like snapping your heads around and looking at me like I would have seen it, it was great. <laughs> yeah, no, it was funny. It was a good time. Shout out to Harding Park. Yeah. It was a tremendous course, by the way. Holy uh, shit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They have the PGA Championship there, man. It's an, I've it's never, an amazing I've course. never played there in my life. And despite the fact that, I, again, I don't, I don't even keep my score. But just driving around that course and just taking it all in was just phenomenal. And then, yeah, the, the last five well, or six holes, as hard as they are, are like my favorite, just like along the lake. And our, the weather we got was incredible. It was like sunny. I've played Harding probably four or five times, and it's never it's never sunny there. It's always like mm-hmm. foggy and misty and cold. And it was like I didn't put my, my sweater on all day. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, enough golf. It was a good time, though. And I'm happy that you hold out from 170 in your Oakley's. Especially, especially after I smoked that six iron off. I think was it the hole before, the par three. Oh, where you almost left the yard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, golf's a silly sport. All right. Forty ers mini camp. Yes. You were in the building, and you told me what your biggest takeaway was. And I we started to talk about it off the pod, but we figured we should probably talk about it on the pod because that's the that's the goal. So. What yeah, it's, it's that Jake Moody's the backup kicker. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> look, if you got to be concerned no. if you, you know, you draft a, a kicker in the third round and he's not even your your first team guy. No, I'm just kidding. Like I, I make like Zane Gonzalez was the first kicker to kick at practice. And I make That's the big. Jake Moody joke to make the point that like, you know, we talk about first team reps for quarterbacks specifically. And then you get out on the field and you're like, well, okay, they've been rotating quarterbacks like Trey Lance has gotten first team reps and now Sam Darnold's getting first team reps. And today was a Sam Darnold day. And then you're out there and you realize like, okay, first team reps means like one or two or three starters are on the field on either side of the ball. Right. And even even in training camp, like first team reps, there, there are no like with receivers and tight ends really like George Kittle doesn't get a whole lot of reps because he doesn't need them receivers in particular will get reps with all the quarterbacks all the different you know quote-unquote first team second team third team really like if you're watching practice the only the only position where it's super clear where it's like first team second team third team designation is the offensive line on either side of the ball Mm-hmm. Because like that group is has like continuity. It's not like they're doing a whole lot of mix and matching along the offensive line. Sometimes a guy will get starters reps with at right guard in the first period. And then in the second period, it's somebody else. But like there's not a whole lot of rotating going on with the offensive lines. Um, so at practice today, I was like, OK, Sam Darnold's going. He's got Brandon Ayuk out there. He's got Cam Latu out there. He's got, you know, like 
Christian McCaffrey will be out there, but then it's just, it's, it's all just kind of rotating and yeah, there isn't it's a hodgepodge. It's a, it's a hodgepodge. And even defensively, like the first team defense consisted of, you know, the only starters that you feel like are surefire starters out there are like Eric Armstead and Talanoa Hufunga and Diamador Lenore. And like, it's kinda... a surefire starter. <laughs> Separate conversation. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> so, like, with, you know, Charvarius Ward and Debo Samuel and Trent Williams and Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw and Nick Bosa all sitting out, you realize, like, okay, maybe we do think a little bit too much about first team and second team designations in in the spring, at least in this point yeah. of the off season. And, and Kyle Shanahan kind of talked about it um, when he was asked by, I think it was Tim Kawakami about where things sort of stood in the quote unquote quarterback competition between Trey Lance and Sam Darnold. And Shanahan said like, look, you can chart passes. I'm, I'm summarizing and paraphrasing here, but he basically said like, you can chart passes and count completions and stuff and, and then do, you know, decide how you evaluate quarterbacks their play in OTAs based on that. But like when you watch the tape, sometimes, you know, a quarterback gets a bad look. Sometimes it's a bad play call against a certain defense. Sometimes the receiver doesn't run the right route or doesn't run the route correctly. Sometimes the coverage is really good. And then, so if, if we get caught up in Twitter numbers of like completion percentages and all that, it just, it can just be, an oversimplification of what's happening and really right. what Kyle Shanahan's point was. And I think Mayoko asked the, the follow-up question was like, how do you evaluate it? And he's like, I'm just trying to get these guys ready to compete in training camp because right. the way Shanahan talks about it. And I think I believe him on this is that he's not making any decisions or declarations about where the quarterbacks stand this spring based on OTA practices when right. there are no pads, when, you know, most of or if not most of the key players are not practicing, they're not really installing the breadth of their offense. There's there isn't mm-hmm. really much like play sequencing, right? Like we always talk about how important play sequencing is for Kyle Shanahan as a play caller. He sets mm-hmm. He runs one play to set up the next play, which sets up the next play. Like, obviously, that's not happening in training camp when these guys are out there for four plays at a time and they're just running very basic things. So, you know, like there's we it it would it would seem that we all care so much about like who's getting first team, who's getting second team reps in OTAs. And frankly, it just doesn't matter. Even like mandatory OTAs with everyone there, it, it, it does not matter where these guys are getting reps but i will say it's far more notable in training camp because training camp is a much more accurate reflection of like all right the coaches only have a finite amount of practices in training camp they're actually gearing up for the season they're getting these guys prepared they want to see them in very specific situations whereas otas it's like all right you know learn the offense be where you need to be make the right reads play as play as well as you can but obviously like save yourself because we still got months before the season starts right so that's why a lot of people don't participate (laughs) that's why a lot of people don't participate yes 
But yeah, Jake Moody, second string kicker, kind of wild. Watch out. <laughs> That's the one position they they <laughs> Go, he oh, missed yeah, that he, battle though. He mishit one today. That was kind of jarring, but it still made it through. It was almost it was kind of like the equivalent of your of your hole out. <laughs> so he He's... was 170 yards away. <laughs> he he oh. like he did the kicker equivalent of sculling it. I thought it was blocked. Um, but I don't know. He mishit it somehow and it was low, but it stayed straight and went and went through. I think it was, I don't know, 38, 40 something yard kick. Hmm. Uh, but still went in so you know maybe he can, can you maybe feel... he's a type of kicker that can battle the the elements or the uh the conditties as some people call them <laughs> the conditties stop do you feel the power in his leg when he puts his boot through the ball like, does the energy <laughs> at the, at practice change yeah there's like you know um you watch like a marvel movie and somebody punches somebody else and you see like this wave this like yeah. sound wave that's like what happens when jake moody kicks the football for sure Totally it's like sense. a wave that like kind of you you feel in your chest yeah <laughs> that's probably why those kind of kicks because he made like a 58 yarder in the college football playoff sure against tcu that mm-hmm. shock wave is probably why michigan lost <laughs> <laughs> the the sideline couldn't recover yeah they're kind of their their uh centers of gravity was kind of thrown off that makes sense no and i think i think what you say about the first and second teams is interesting because the over analysis comes and I'm I'm guilty of it. I'm gonna throw you in the mix and say you're guilty of it. Yeah. But I think the over analysis comes from there just not being any football to talk about from February until now. And so any morsel of information that we get, we're going to turn it into some kind of take. And I say we just the general football viewing public. And it I get it, but also just like just like we're going to forget about it once the pads come on, the coaching staff is doing the same thing. And that's why if Trey Lance had gone without completing a pass or Sam Darnold had done that, okay, that's notable. Like he didn't complete any passes. That's not great. Yeah. But if you're just fine, good. You're knocking the rust off and like like Shannon said, get get ready for training camp when the pads come on. And that's when we can really start analyzing some of that. I did some think of that performance. Stuff. I did think Trey Lance looked a little bit more comfortable, or at least a little bit more efficient in his movements. There were some throws that were kind of meh, but Sam Darnold had a couple of those too. Um, neither guy really stood out from the other one. I th- I kind of think they're you know, I guess they are pretty even, but also it's like, it's pretty hard to, you know, it's pretty hard to tell, like throwing passes to Chris Connolly and Willie Sneed and well, and throwing passes without, without the pressure of a game and without defenses and without having to do pre and post snap reads and make checks right. at the line. There's so many things that go into quarterbacking. That's more than what does his base look like when he throws? Right. There's, there's just, there's a lot more to it than that. So his, uh, his feet seem a little bit more tied to his eyes. That's good. That's what they want. Which I think, you know, the the quarterback gurus out there will, will be happy about that if they're, you know, trying to see Trey Lance improve. But no, I mean, it's just love, it, you, you I get out the there. Idea. I love uh, the idea of tying your feet to your eyes and literally any other sense in life. <laughs> Thought I had a great trip to the grocery store today. Really tied my feet to my eyes. Not a lot of wasted movement. Got in and out of the produce aisle. 
sure anyways sure. yeah no it's like it's it's funny because like i hadn't been out to practice in a minute and you're you're like kind of all right cool mandatory otas all the guys all you know all the best players will be out on the field and then you're like oh yeah these guys are doing like individual drills and maybe positional drills and then a lot of the best players just kind of chill <laughs> like the one guy like brandon Ayuk looks awesome like confirming all reports um debo samuel said you couldn't cover him in a phone booth which i thought was a good line um christian mccaffrey is like had one run today where he scored he would have scored i don't know 60 something yard touchdown on a run and i was just like yeah that and it was early in practice i was like yeah you could probably just put him on the shelf till camp starts like there's no point like mccaffrey looks really good um but I hope so. <laughs> yeah, there are that's, there are no pads and all, right, and, and he's going up against you know not quite the starting defense. That's kind of the thing at OTAs and mini camps. It's notable when a player looks awful. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Looking no, bad absolutely. is worse than looking good is better. <laughs> it's it's more impactful it's more meaningful when a guy looks bad than when a guy looks great yeah i would say because there's always the question of like you know is he in shape is he if you're if you if you look good in otas and you're like a starting player then it's like all right that's kind of your baseline that's where you should be that's like it's Mm -hmm. your job you're the professional athlete good on you for being in shape What's up, y'all? I am psyched to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made for you. Man, I have been, I'm legitimately so stoked about this. I've been wearing Oakley sunglasses since I can remember. I had a pair of the Flax for when I played baseball. They were a staple. I had them. Everyone on my team had them. And I've been rocking with Oakley ever since. Oakley is changing the game. And it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train, or do you just want to look like your favorite athlete? Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel's rocking Oakleys. Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self, an expression of your personality. There's more than meets the eye. Here on Candlestick Chronicles, we are all about look good, play good. Like We debate what players are going to be good in the NFL based on what numbers they wear. Like, that's how much we believe in look good, play good. And that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. We don't leave our house in the morning without our Oakleys. And listen up, because it's officially almost summer, which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game right now. Not today, not tomorrow, because next thing you know, it's fall and you didn't upgrade your sunglass game. Go do that right now. Check out Oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. I've got a pair of Holbrooks. I've had two pairs of Holbrooks in the last 15 years. They are my favorite pair of sunglasses to wear. I don't leave the house without them. But get yourself a pair of Corridors or the Sutros. Both styles I really, really love, especially for summer where you're out barbecuing or you're out at the beach. They are just the perfect sunglasses. And did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? So what the hell's that? <laughs> We're going to learn together. It's proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. You want to know more? I know you do because I sure do, and we can do this together. Head on over to oakley.com and do your own research. As you know us, we love doing your own research on this show. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. I'm telling you, people talk about the glow up with facial hair. No, no, no. My glow up came when I bought a pair of Holbrooks. So 
when you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try it for yourself. Well, trust me, but also try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but it's the best quality. I told you I've had two pairs of Holbrooks. The one was because I lost them at a wedding. And I didn't even leave the town that the wedding was in before I left with a new pair of Holbrooks. I went to a to a store that sells sunglasses in the in the town that I was visiting to get a new pair of Holbrooks uh, before before I went home. That's that's how much I love them. Uh, Oakley's not only the best looking, but they're absolutely the best quality out there. So head on over to Oakley.com for more information today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Speaking of that, Debo Samuel. I thought one of the most interesting things to come out of the pressers today was Debo acknowledging, A, that he was out of shape last year, B, that he had an awful season, and that he felt like he looked sluggish on tape. That was a really interesting admission because it kind of felt like that last year, but I chalked it up to defenses knowing that the Debo stuff was coming. And then he got hurt by the time Christian McCaffrey arrived. He got hurt in week 14, I guess it was. And never really got into the full swing with with McCaffrey and Purdy playing really well. So I don't think he got a chance to shake that off. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of wild, was... though, that almost 900 scrimmage yards and five touchdowns is an awful season. Yeah. I mean, Debo, who's not he, he's not really known for what he says to the media. Right. He's mm-hmm. not. He's yeah. not super expansive. He's not really tight lipped, but he was he was brutally honest today in saying that he was awful last year. And he said that the contract stuff in the offseason was a distraction. He admitted to to showing up to training camp out of shape um, and said, yeah, like he looked sluggish on tape and he had a meeting with Kyle Shanahan and he talked about it. 
And yeah, he went from having a 17, almost an 1800 yard season with 14 total touchdowns to having 864 yards total rushing and receiving over 13 games. He averaged seven yards fewer per completion. Yeah. And then scored just five touchdowns after 15 or 14 the, the previous season. So, you know, like if Debo comes out like it's, Again, we've we've kind of alluded to it, but there's there's a noticeable pattern even going back to his his college career where it's like he'll have a really good season and then he won't be great the next season, whether it's injuries or whatever, and he'll be really good the next season, then he won't be good the great the, the next season. Like as a rookie, eight hundred and two yards, twenty twenty, dealing with injuries, three hundred and ninety one yards, We're talking receiving yards, twenty twenty one, fourteen hundred yards all pro receiving. 2022 632 yards receiving so like in four years it's very much been a roller coaster with Debo and if that pattern holds true this year then you're looking at you know the potential upswing season um which would you know I mean if Debo is all pro Debo like he was in 2021 and Brandon Ayuk is looking like you know one of the toughest covers in the league uh, after leading the team and receiving last year, I don't know. And Christian McCaffrey is is like one of the best, if not the best, running backs in the league from like an all-purpose perspective. Like the Niners' offense could be really scary, no matter who is playing quarterback, right? So, like that's kind of my takeaway. Is like we know Debo has a certain mindset about him, like when he mm-hmm. is locked in during games especially like obviously Debo is like a day a game day type dude his issue is like maintaining that level of intensity in the spring in the summer right I think you can make an argument maintaining that level of intensity during the week of practice during the season but if if that level of intensity go like starts to expand beyond just game days and if he's able to come close to what he was in 2021, like this Niners offense could be really, really, really difficult to stop. Because I kind of wonder wild their their skill guys. Just if everyone's healthy, it's it's crazy how good they could be. If Brandon Ayuk takes the additional step that I think he's going to take this year, and that I think a lot of people think he's going to take this year. They could, they have a really good case as the best skill group in the league. Yeah. And they might have that even if Brandon Ayuk just replicates what he did last season. They were, that's, it's a really good group of players. I do wonder though, if Christian McCaffrey's arrival and assuming he plays 17 games, if that limits Debo's effectiveness. I don't know if it would limit his effectiveness, but I th- I think it could enhance his effectiveness, but kind of limit limit his numbers. Like he could be a That's more a, a f- more efficient player, mm-hmm. like get more on you know a touch touch by touch basis, mm-hmm. but, but fewer like, touches. Yeah, he's probably not going to yeah. get like what he have. He had seventy seven catches and fifty nine carries. So 136 total touches in 2021, Jeez. like with Christian McCaffrey on the team. And if he's healthy over a full season, like you're, he's probably not getting 136 touches, but he still could get a hundred. Sure. You yeah. know, or 
or yeah, 90 and like still be like a dude i mean ultimately like with all the different things like having christian mccaffrey go in one direction and having debo samuel go in another direction and doing a play action fake and having george kittle on the field like there's so much stuff they they can do to where I think there's a, a better chance that you're maximizing Debo with a better surrounding cast hmm. because you're giving him better looks because defenses can't just key on him when, you know, you're looking at Christian McCaffrey in the backfield and Debo and uh, Brandon Ayuk running routes downfield. Mm-hmm. But also you're saving Debo potentially from like hits on his body. Yeah. Which I think is yeah. super important. So I no doubt. I think it's totally fair, particularly given, like, like I said, like rookie year, pretty good. Second year, not so good. 2021 is third year, all pro last year. He called it awful. Like we're that every other year thing. The, uh, I guess it's an odd year thing for all the giants fans out there that this is like a, uh, this is an odd year for Debo and he tends to, he tends to play his best football in odd years, at least since he's gotten to the NFL. All right. Good note. I'll be keeping a close eye on him in training camp because that's when I'll be making my decisions. On see if he's see if he's working with the starters or not. Yeah. See see how many first team reps he gets. Is he sluggish? Those are all the things I'm gonna be looking like, for. But to to my earlier point, like Brandon Ayuk's catching passes from Brandon Allen and Chris. Oh, the BA to BA connection, right? And Chris Connolly is working with Trey Lance Samson and Sam Darnold, right? So like. Hmm. We're not interesting. We're trying. So is not Brandon to Allen actually getting the first team reps? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> no. no, it's it just there's it's a constant. It's constant shuffling like it doesn't. I don't know, man. OTAs players, was like, players, yeah, excited. Players to see are not given, and then players are not given reps based on starting. In OTAs and minicamps, right? It's how do the players at that position feel? Maybe the coaches saw something on tape that they want to see a guy very specifically work on, so he's going to get a ton of reps that day. This guy woke up and had a hamstring cramp in the morning, so he's just not going to practice today. That's how stuff gets divvied out. It's not. It's not first or second team hard and fast. Ambry Thomas got a lot of run with the ones today. Notable. <laughs> Immediately turn that into an overarching discussion about Ambry. Is Ambry no. better than Charberry's Ward? Many are saying. Speaking of somebody who didn't practice today, Nick Bosa. But also maybe the least surprising news of the day that Nick Bosa was on hand for mandatory minicamp but didn't participate. A, because he doesn't need to. And B, because until his contract extension is hammered out, I don't think he's going to do anything football related. For the 49ers? No, nor should he. Right. That's just it. Debo did the same thing last year. Yeah. Showed up for minicamp, didn't participate, but he's there. He's around the team. And then Bosa said that he expects a contract to get done by training camp. I'm to the, yeah, like hearing Bosa talk about it, I think he's just very confident it's going to get done. Yeah. And it sounds like the Niners are confident it's going to get done. They're, they're probably going to be the highest paid defender in the league. I guess what would be interesting is like, does he want a short term deal so he can get another bite at the apple in like three years? Or does he want like long term security and does he want to sign like a six year deal? 
That's mm. sort of like what Trent Williams contract was, which is essentially two different three-year deals. Um, you know, I'm curious at how that's going to look, but yeah, I, I would expect there to be very little to no drama when it comes to that. Yeah, um, I think it's probably just like a timing thing. Like there's the no, fact that, there's the no fact impetus that said, for, to get that done right now. Yeah. And the fact, and I'm guessing the negotiation will come down more to language and when money is paid out versus actual dollars. I don't expect that's going to be a huge piece of it. And the fact that he said, I I don't think there was ever a point where the 49ers were going to not extend Nick Bosa. You go to the end of the earth to, to extend a guy like that. But the fact that he just openly said, I'm confident something will get done and didn't do the, I let my agent handle that, do that whole charade. They're just all signs point to those two parties being in a really good spot. So Joey got Joey Bosa, Nick's brother, got five years, 135 from the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, 102 million guaranteed. I would say Nick. I mean, if it's five years, it's probably going to be five years. And I mean, you're probably looking at 150. At least say five, say five, 160 with 120 guaranteed. Yeah, Aaron Donald's like close to Aaron Donald's, fully guarantees. Aaron Donald's deal that he signed last year before last year was three and ninety-five. So that's thirty-one point six annually. He had forty-six and a half guaranteed at signing for ninety-five million total. Uh is fully guaranteed. It's kind of like what a time to to win defensive player of the year. Just like Man, win, win defensive player of the year at the most premium position on the field the year before you're you're up for a contract extension. That's great. <laughs> and the year and the year after Aaron Donald signs for thirty two million dollars, yeah. fully guaranteed. I think Nick Bosa, he's cheap. like he's probably the only person that I can think of that like you see every year, this time of year, or I guess, you know, when he does that, maybe training camp, even who's like both skinnier and buffer every time you see him. Like he's not, we I swear to of, God, he has a 24 inch waist. We, we think of Nick Bosa as kind of like, I don't know. In my head, Nick Bosa is like 290 pounds and just like jacked out oh, of dude. his mind. The G.I. Joe, man. And like, you know, looks like a superhero and he does look like a superhero. But when you see him up close, well, like proportionally, his like quads are huge and he's just like kind of a like just different looking person. He's he's not like he's 260 pounds. Like he's he doesn't look like a a 300 pound, like ridiculous hulking mammoth of a human. He looks like. I mean, 260 pounds is obviously very big, but it's still, you see him and it's like, oh, Nick looks kind of skinny. But then, like, you see him in a football uniform and you're like, okay, yeah, he's not really skinny. Nick Bosa needs to to lift more, is your take. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, get in the weight room, Nick. Um, He's, he's one of those, he's one of those people that if you don't follow sports or you don't follow, maybe you don't follow the NFL and he walks into a room, you go, that's a professional athlete. 
Yeah. I mean, maybe not. That's not a power lifter. That guy lifts up. It's oh, that guy plays sports. His quads are so funny looking, man. Like they're so like I've said it before, but like his knees have knees. That's what his quad looks like. His quads look like (laughs) it's it's like he has his kneecap and then it looks like another kneecap right above it. But it's just his quad muscle. That's that's right. Just protruding out. It's very, very funny looking. But he said something interesting, too, in that he's kind of learning how to work out less like Mm. focus that explains why he looks so skinny (laughs) right no he's focusing more on like active recovery so he said like instead of trying to get an extra lift in he's like doing a pool workout or like trying to you know like take take another day or two here and there to, to give his body more time to recover and it's definitely like i don't you know there's I think you could look at some athletes and be like, oh, that's probably not great. You probably should like get as many lifts in as you need. But I think Nick Bosa definitely deserves the benefit of the doubt. Like, no, it's you're probably fine. Like you could probably afford a day off. It's probably better for you. And Christian McCaffrey did the same thing last offseason. And he played 17 games. Went to a more plyometric based. Big yoga. yoga guy. He might be a yoga guy. He might be. I could see CMC being a yoga guy. I think Nick might be wading into those waters. I think Nick Bosa doesn't want to be a yoga guy. And so he does things like Google's alternatives to yoga and then does those things. (laughs) He's going to start waxing poetic about the value of Pilates when he enters his 30s. Do you think Joe Rogan does yoga? Stop. No, I think Nick's going to get signed. I think he's probably going to have a big year. He's yeah. In terms of like least of. Yeah, he's one of one of the things with Bosa, I think at this point, given how the last few years have gone, he's like the most reliable player, maybe him and Trent Williams in terms of like, yeah, he's going to be just fine. Like he's going to walk on the field in training camp, be one of the best guys on the field, not need a whole lot of reps and get ready to go for the regular season. I love that. Kyle Shanahan's answer about that on does he want to see all of his guys like Trent Williams and Nick Bosa in the building for OTAs and his answer was more or less they can't gain anything from it you'd love to see him around but also there's just not a lot they're gonna learn from being there so they can do whatever they want I do think all of this sort of falls under the umbrella potentially of like why some teams including the 49ers are not as good during the first month of the regular season yeah which like you know it is what it is i i go back and forth on it i i tend to think like obviously you want to play your best football towards the playoffs and the 49ers typically have so it's hard to really like find issue with it but you also don't really want to lose to the bears and the Broncos yeah and like going back at you know the Colts and the Cardinals and some of the bad losses they've had early in the season before so but yeah I I think there's a balance they try to find and Shanahan's just like yeah well if it the important part is being better right in like towards the end of the season than than the beginning so I don't really care about what's happening in May and June right me neither we got content to create, bro. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's fun to talk about, but sweeping conclusions are not going to be made based off a couple days of mandatory minicamp. That's where I land. 
Yeah, I agree, particularly about like with the quarterback situation. I think it's going to play out um, in training camp. We're going to have a much better idea. I do think I'm like I'm the guy that typically hates preseason and thinks preseason doesn't matter at all for the most part. Mm -hmm. I do think maybe for my first time in observing this team in a while that the preseason is going to be really important for the backup quarterback spot. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I totally agree. Any other big takeaways before we get out of here? No. I mean, we, we got to see Jake Moody pry the job away from Zane Gonzalez, but <laughs> other than that, I will say it's jarring. It was jarring to see two guys on the field wearing number 10 that were not handsome Italian quarterbacks. Hmm. It was uh, Zane Gonzalez is one of them, and then then Ronnie Bell was was the other, the receiver. And yeah, just just a little bit jarring, but maybe that'll change if uh, if Jimmy's foot situation doesn't jibe with what the Raiders are doing. And bro, I'm really gonna need you to knock it off. <laughs> maybe he'll come back. Stop. No, you never know. What, Look, what 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 annoys you more that idea getting brought up or the Kirk me, Cousins thing? Yeah, me pointing out that Kirk Cousins is a free agent next season. Yeah, the Kirk Cousins thing is the thing that I've just resigned myself to. Kirk Cousins is going to be the 49ers quarterback. This year. I'm just, <laughs> just, I'm just in, on board. <laughs> just inevitable. Like, it's just going to happen. The Jimmy <laughs> thing's annoying. The Jimmy thing's annoying to me because if the Raiders cut Jimmy Garoppolo, think Brian Hoyer is next up for them or Aiden O'Connell who was a bad quarterback prospect or something named Chase Garbers, Cal legend, I think. I think that's that person's name. And then Tom Brady is a team owner, but it would be Brady for sure. If J- if Jimmy Garoppolo is so unhealthy that the Raiders decide, let's cut bait entirely. This guy that we gave three years and $80 million to or whatever it was, we're going to, he's done. He's gone because he's hurt. <laughs> The 49ers and turning around and being like, this is what we need. <laughs> we need Jimmy Garoppolo and his injured foot in our building. That's why that it just doesn't make any sense. I was listening to Haberman and Middlecoff today. Shout out to those guys. And uh, they're great. I, I'm a big think, fan of them. I think John brought up the the joint practices that the Niners and Raiders are gonna have in the summer. And if the Jimmy mm-hmm. thing doesn't work out, like would the Raiders just be like would Mark Davis just, hey, how much for Trey Lance? <laughs> if Trey Lance practices well in Vegas, like, eh, not not a bad thought. I already hate it. Or I guess Sam Darnold. How much for Sam Darnold since he's the most talented thrower of the football the 49ers have ever had? Would he be the most talented thrower of the football the Raiders have ever had? Ooh, second behind Jamarcus. That's a, that's a Josh Dubow question, I think. That Jamarcus is one in that discussion. <laughs> <laughs> oh man unquestionably unquestionably alright that's Candlestick Chronicles thanks everybody for listening subscribe rate review if you have not done that visit oakley.com shout out to Oakley for sponsoring this podcast and shout out to Tyler our producer he does an unbelievable job and we appreciate the hell out of him for that so talk to you next time